welcome back to Butter With That, a podcast about uh, movies based in Philadelphia. Friends get together and chat about stuff that moves fast on film, also known as a movie. So um, this month we have been talking about uh, movies that we've, quote, missed the boat on. Uh, movies that we might not have experienced early in our lives or never really uh, were interested in. And then we watch a movie uh, in that genre or um, connected to that theme. And this week, uh, we're going to be talking about my Miss the Boat movie. But before we dive into that selection, want to check in. How is everyone doing? Um, anything good that you all have seen? Television, movies? Oh, I just started Killing Eve. Oh, what season? Uh, I'm I am like two or three episodes into season two. Nice. I'm very into it. It's super weird and crazy, but it's also one of the writers and producers is Phoebe Waller-Bridges, which was really cool, and I didn't know that. Um, and then one of the guys from the Mighty Boosh was just in an episode, and he played a total creep, and it, like, made my day. I was so excited. That's great. I've only seen the, all of the first season, a little bit of the second season, uh, so I need to get on that. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's on Hulu. Nice. I think season three just premiered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they released it early. They're like, people don't have anything else to do, so. People need something. <laughs> Watch, Yeah. <laughs> Um, Alyssa and I have started watching Community because I was just put on Netflix. Oh, yeah. uh, I've seen probably the first three seasons back when they were airing, um, but it's been a really long time, so I forget most of it. And we just finished season one, and it's really funny. I forgot how clever and funny that show is. I saw Invisible Man. It was so good. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but I was on edge immediately. And that, yeah. Go ahead, Christine. No, keep keep going. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the fact that I could guess what was happening throughout the movie, but you know, when I was proved right, I wasn't like, oh, well that's cause they didn't, you know, it, it wasn't smart enough or it wasn't this enough. It was just like, oh, Hey, they led the breadcrumbs like they should have. And mm-hmm. so like, I'm excited and I'm all about this. The, uh, paint scene like made me jump out of my seat when I saw it. It was so creepy. See, I knew it was coming because you guys had talked about it before. And so like when it was happening, I was like, oh, I know what's going to happen. So like I, I, that didn't spook me, but there were other things where I was like, oh my God. Yeah. It was just so taut and could build tension in the simplest, but most effective ways. Like, as you were mentioning, Sam, that entire opening sequence is pretty basic, but just heart racing right off the bat. Mm. And that director, too, like, we talked a little bit about him. Like, he wrote Saw, he was in Saw, he wrote, like, some of the Insidious stuff. But, like, this is his second, like, time directing, and I feel like Upgrade's really good, and this movie was, like, leaps and bounds like masterpiece i was like how is this only your second like directing like a movie this is so good so i like can't wait to see what else he does after this that's a great way to describe this movie like a masterpiece of suspense like it it just was so good yeah 
And if they are going to try to rebuild this like new version of the dark universe, I think this is a really good like Iron Man for this yeah. franchise. That's gonna yeah, be a I thing. Dave seen I don't remember if I I don't remember if I talked about it last time or not, um, or what day it is or what <laughs> life is anymore. But um I did uh, I did finally get around to Chernobyl uh on HBO. Yes. Um which was uh stellar. It's amazing. Um, really, really heavy material, obviously, but um, uh, sewn together really well. And that final episode with sort of a blow-by-blow rundown of exactly what went wrong with the uh, nuclear reactor process um, was, like, you know, completely digestible and really, really well handled. Um, So I found that to be a pretty masterful show and really uh, would recommend it. Um, Craig Mazin, who's the writer, um, he co-hosted a podcast kind of going through episode by episode talking about it. And HBO has been doing that for a bunch of their shows and documentaries. Um, and so he's like a super interesting guy going deep into it. Um, and his Twitter is amazing. Um, he just like bashes Trump all the time. Uh, he retweeted, someone made a meme of, um, Jared Harris holding up the like blue and red cards talking about like how the cooling systems work with like in Trump's hands talking about like trying to explain coronavirus. He posts a lot of funny stuff, so I definitely recommend checking him on Twitter, Craig Mason. You know, um, the the way that Chernobyl ends with them telling you, like, so this is what happened. Here's how all of these people fared. This is, you know, what's in place now because of it is, like, one end of the spectrum, and then the other end of the spectrum is Tiger King with the last episode where they're like, and this, 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 and you're like, cool. Like, that literally doesn't matter, and um, I think you're shitty for trying to do that. It's a spectrum I don't know what of, but they're on it. Well, I got to check out Chernobyl. I got to get maybe, yeah, even a little bit. I'll be ready to. I I know it's good. That kind of story. I never feel in the mindset to start Chernobyl. It's a downer. <laughs> like I'm never it's a real downer. Never coming from a good enough place where like that's a thing I can throw on. <laughs> well, um, thinking about maybe the opposite uh, mood of Chernobyl uh, leads us into uh, the pick for this week uh, for the Miss the Boat Month theme. Uh, And the movie that I chose to talk about was Detective Pikachu. That came out in 2019. Uh, I I picked this movie because I know nothing about Pokemon. I thought this was a good connection to Miss the Boat because I did not grow up uh, watching Pokemon. I didn't play video games or have Pokemon cards and knew the character of Pikachu, and that's pretty much it. Um, So I thought this was a wonderful opportunity to use this movie as kind of a foray into the world of Pokemon. Are all all of you uh, Pokemon fans or feel well-versed in that universe? Okay. Not so much anymore. I mean, uh, when the original games came out, um, I would have been in like fifth grade and I had the red version and then I got really into the cards. And like the original 150, I probably could still rifle off. But after that, like the successive generations, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know how I just didn't get into it because watching this movie, I now really would love to learn so much more about, uh, about this world. To give folks that have not seen this movie uh, a sense of what this, the story is about, 
the movie basically depicts a world in which Pokemon are real um, and in a, in a live action universe. The story follows the character Tim Goodman, uh, played by Justice Smith, who, following the news of the death of his father, goes to Rhyme City. And this city uh, was created by a wealthy businessman named Howard Clifford, played by Bill Nye. Uh, and in this city, Pokemon and humans live side by side uh, within this world. And uh, Tim, to figure out the tr- he goes to this city to figure out the truth around his father's demise. And in Rhyme City, he meets his father's old Pokemon partner, Detective Pikachu, who's voiced by Ryan Reynolds. And uh, together, they crack the case and hunt for clues. And we meet a shit ton of Pokemon along the way. Uh, So before I talk about why I just absolutely loved this movie, uh, wanted to see what you all thought. Uh, being more experienced Pokemon people? I mean, I saw it in theaters uh, with my sister and her partner and my partner when we were like, when they were visiting us in Philly. And Garrett and I like loved it and immediately started listening to the soundtrack all the time and then also bought it on Blu-ray as soon as it came out. Like, the world that they build is like really cool and it is kind of a unique story from like I guess a Pokemon person perspective because it's not really about trainers and stuff which is how like most of us I guess would have accessed Pokemon is like the stories of trainers um in the games and the tv show and like battling and the card game even so like this is kind of like a different concepts like the city that they go to where like Pokemon and people are just like friends and stuff so it's cool because it's also like a little bit something new for like people like me that were really into Pokemon when we were younger. I think if I'm remembering right it may have been slightly loosely based on a game also by the name Detective Pikachu but I don't really know what that entails. No. So was I just have a quick question. Was Detective Pikachu a character before this movie? There was a game for the Nintendo 3DS that was called Detective Pikachu. Uh, that is for, I haven't played it, uh, but it's basically the same plot as the movie um, oh. where Tim Goodman discovers his dad's Pokemon partner and then they have to figure out what happened to Tim's dad. Uh, but I think, like, I don't think it takes place in Rhyme City. I think the whole world building is unique to the movie, but in terms of, like, the name... A Pikachu wears a Sherlock hat, and the general like plot beats are ta- are borrowed, adapted from the video game. It really feels like a love story to the original 150. I have to agree with Dave. Like, I really checked out of Pokemon like after the second generation. I just was like, these things don't like. I don't know. I feel like the artistic skill and creativity just kind of like downturned a little bit. I think it like upturned later on, but like you know they started to get a little lazy I think and and, you know like it's hard to constantly be creating monsters but um you know the the movie every scene I was like and that Pokemon and this one like my poor roommate who was watching it with me she was like I I love how excited you are but like I literally don't care about that Oddish Pokemon you know like but it was great oh Oddish is great (laughs) Uh, I, I saw this in theaters also, and this might have been my favorite in-theater experience ever. 
Um, Because everybody who was in the crowd was like super into Pokemon. This woman that I sat next to loved Psyduck more than anything in the world. Anytime that Psyduck made a noise, his eyes got big, he waddled around, she was just dying in her seat. And so it was great to sort of, everybody in the audience had the moments of like, oh, that's their Pokemon um, that got the shine. So that was a really special experience. I like the way you said that, Connor, uh, their Pokemon, because I feel like we all have that. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised that this movie only had a 69% critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I wasn't surprised to see that it had like around a 93% audience rating. I wanted, I wanted to not look up anything about the movie or anything about Pokemon before watching it to see what the experience of watching this movie would be like for somebody that has no context for any of the characters or the universe or whatever. Um, and I think something that I really loved about the movie is that it gave you enough exposition to like explain the universe to explain you know it's sort of introductions to each character but the plot was to the point and I didn't feel like there was sort of this insider information or like certainly there were probably tons of references I didn't get but by not getting those I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything that was going on within the story and like missing out and caring about not only the human characters but also the Pokemon partners. And so I was like, read it. Then I was like reading critical reviews and they're like, the plot has a lot of holes in it. Um, things are too swiftly wrapped up. Uh, like we don't care about any, like the, the human performances are super flat, which I, I really disagreed with. And so I was like, I don't know whether it's like movie critics haven't seen or like know anything about Pokemon. But then I was like, you didn't need to, whatever. So I will quickly say that as someone who wasn't really into Pokemon, I think this movie is kind of strictly okay. Um, and I'll get into why as we continue, I guess. But I, I guess I fall more on like the critical side. I think that there definitely, um, I think a swift plot and, and one that was to the point, I can definitely see some moments in the movie in which things get resolved very quickly. There's sort of a, um, and scenes kind of jump maybe too quickly and maybe situations aren't necessarily resolved in the most complex ways. But I also raised the question of who is this movie being marketed to? Mm. I saw, I saw myself ready to watch a kid's movie that also can be marketed to adults that have been lifelong Pokemon uh, fans. And so for a movie to try to strike the balance of pleasing fans that are adults that love Pokemon, but also a plot that is easy and simple enough for kids to watch, I thought it met that halfway point. But Dave, I would actually love to hear like what, what problems you saw with the movie because I, yeah, I would love to hear what holes or things that you saw were problems. Um, well, I mean, I guess relative to that pacing uh, discussion, this is about an hour and 45 minutes, this movie. Um, to me, it started feeling toward the end like it was maybe two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pacing. I understand it is a detective genre. So it's not like um, it's not like your conventional, like a constant, uh, a constant pace. There is a lot of necessary exposition. Um, but I think it, it tries to balance that with the 
like aesthetic of a modern traditional action film, but the action set pieces are each separated by at least a half hour. So it dragged for me a bit. Yeah. How about other folks? Um, did you, what'd you think about the pace of the movie itself? I, 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 I didn't feel that way. However, there was one thing that kind of, I never really got over. Um, it was just Ryan Reynolds, you know, like yeah, that too. <laughs> I, I, I wish they would have gone with someone else that was like, like less recognizable. Yeah. And like, he's not bad at what he does, but he's just doing Ryan Reynolds like he always does. And, you know, it would have been nice if there was like, yeah, like a fresh face or like a seasoned voice actor to bring this to life instead of us constantly being reminded, hey, Ryan Reynolds is in this movie playing Ryan Reynolds again. And then when we see Ryan Reynolds at the end, you're like, oh, that's just Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's what was crazy is that all like reviews that I read, the only positive thing that people could say was like, well, we loved Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) I don't think that was the best part of the movie. No, Justice Smith is the best part of the movie by far. He's great. Yes. He's great in it. I, I I can't wait to see where this kid goes. He's so good. I wish I had, I have in a tab a review that was talking about his flat performance, which was mentioned multiple times. Finished that movie, I was like, Justice Smith's performance was wonderful. Mm -hmm. So much heart, so much energy to match the energy of the scenes and the people he, and like characters he's interacting with. I was like, he was one of my favorite parts of the movie. And I, so, I mean, I guess, Time and time again, through butter with that, we talk about how critical reviews can be absolute bullshit. But I just, because I wanted to know what other people were thinking about this movie. And I was like, I couldn't disagree more with a lot of the consensus. Yeah, go ahead, Connor. Well, and also he has to act against Pikachu, a digitally created character for, uh, I don't, it feels like half the movie. So mm-hmm. I feel like he's carrying a ton of weight on his own shoulders and I think does a commendable job throughout the entire film. And the burden is so big because not only are you like acting against something that is not there, but you also have the added pressure of this is Pokemon and like you have fans who are so fiercely dedicated to this that like if you get something wrong or if you're not doing something right, like they'll tear you to pieces. Yeah. Justice Smith's character is also like a really good, I think, like gateway for people like more our age who are watching this movie because he is like, you're introduced to him and he's this like 20 something year old dude who really wanted to be a Pokemon trainer when he was a kid. And then like his hopes were kind of like just like gone to shit. Like, and he got older and he kind of abandoned like this like childhood innocence and is working in like insurance or something like something very very basic and boring um and then like kind of relearns to like love this thing that he like was really into when he was younger so like that part of it was really cool for me where I was like oh like I get that guy like that makes total sense um yeah I thought his performance was wonderful I thought Catherine Newton oh hi um (laughs) who plays Lucy was really great. Their, their um, energy was really wonderful. It's always funny to see Bill Nye pop up in random movies all the time. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was great to see Ken Watanabe. I know. I like, oh, where have you been? <laughs> One problem. Last year. Huh? 
He was in Godzilla last year. He was. Oh, yeah. see, I haven't seen Godzilla. And he was incredible in that, too. Like, Ken Watanabe shows up and shit and is just amazing at whatever it is. He got to go to Godzilla's house. Oh. I know. Who else can say that? That moment is gut-wrenching. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> I wish the Detective Pikachu, like, you put Ken Watanabe in a Pokemon movie, but he never says, let them fight. So hopefully they'll fix that for the sequel. Because they weren't supposed to fight. I know, I know. (laughs) And that was Um, also an interesting aspect, I thought, of this movie, is that it took a look at what the Pokemon universe was kind of traditionally. And even though I didn't know anything about Pokemon, I knew the basics where people have Pokemon and they present them to fight and one wins or things like that and I heard it referred to as like cartoon dog fight you know it's just like what is this world in which like animal creatures are captured and then asked to fight each other and I thought the movie did a really interesting thing of of sort of turning in on itself and sort of examining what that is because in Rhyme City it's a it's actually illegal to have Pokemon fight and we do at one point uh, enter a scene in which there's this sort of underground Pokemon fighting ring um, that does present kind of the terror and intenseness of watching these creatures tear each other apart. And is that Charizard or what? What's his name? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Doing the flames. He's a very mighty, mighty character. So I, yeah, I liked that um, aspect of the of the story as well. I think for me, one part of the story that just doesn't quite hold up is Bill Nighy's whole evil genius plan. Like, Oh, no. It's no. amazing. Yeah. No. So I, it's, it's sort of like, well, I feel like maybe they could have done, I don't know, his grand plan is to put his brain inside a Mewtwo, but his body's just left hanging out there in the chair because he has uh, dying of cancer or some disease. Uh, so I don't know. I was watching it again. I was like, I love how, like... Um, bombastic and grandiose this kind of like evil villain plot is but it's also i don't know that that moment it sort of took me out of the movie a little like well maybe we could have fine-tuned it i don't know just a little bit i love it i think it's insane and just like perfect for this it's like some team rocket like weird ass bullshit that i'm like sure just throw it out there well i want team rocket you know like now where are they yeah the one girl that like ended up being ditto with, like, the pink hair, she, like, really looked like someone from Team Rocket, and I was kind of waiting for that twist, and then it didn't really show up. But I was like, oh, that's, like, definitely, like, at least alluding to Team Rocket or something, you know? I just want to say how terrifying all the Ditto people were Ugh, with the tiny... That was cool. It was so cool and so horrifying, and I think that is just one great example of how this movie incorporates Pokemon into, like, the real world. Of like, of course, somebody would use Ditto to do like espionage and spy and infiltrate, because uh, Ditto can turn into any Pokemon and any creature, but it can't lose. It loses. Uh, it can't gain like real eyes, so it just has tiny little pupils that are horrifying. <laughs> that was really scary. Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, eyes and whether they're scary or not, what did we think about the way? the Pokemon were rendered, like the CGI uh, characters. Okay, we've got some in spicy, uh, spicy argument and debate. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, like, <clears throat> I read a note that, um, that the Pokemon company, in essence, wanted to ensure that the production, d- during the production and 
as part of the fundamental production design that there was no point where the Pokemon weren't uh, adorable. It was kind of their idea. Um, and I think you'll lose something when you do that. And I also think that, like, it's it's funny because, like, with Sonic, um, the, when they redid it, obviously they made the right call. Um, and it looks more like the cartoon version of the video game, the iconic video game character, which makes sense because, I mean, he is a hedgehog, but he is also, you know, he's iconically Sonic, the video game character. Um, the same sort of applies a little bit with Pokemon, but they're more like, you know, they're more like animals and there's more variety. So I feel like rendering them in such a way that's original to their like cartoony design draws away from the believability of them as physical beings in this world. Like I never felt like I was looking at a physical object, except maybe like when you see the uh, what are they Toros in the beginning. But other than that, I kind of just felt like I was watching, you know, well rendered but just CG cartoons, kind of like a little bit of like a Toontown scenario or something. It's interesting you say that because you know I I have talked at length about Bulbasaur and Bulbasaur's eyes, but you know watching it again and you know Charizard is my favorite Pokemon, so like I was always going to be like. Mm, like looking with like a fine tooth comb here. His design is a little unsettling. <laughs> a, a little bit. That's that's a little bit of a yeah, an exception, I guess. Yeah, I remember just being like, I don't like that at all. <laughs> um, but I mean, he's still badass. But like, oh, those those scales. I, I mm. this is like super nerdy in the weeds, but I love Charizard's design because he's not a dragon type Pokemon. He's a lizard mm-hmm. Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, because in the cartoon, they just have orange skin or yellow skin or blue skin. Like there's no, you never any detail. And so first seeing the trailer, I was like, oh, they like, oh, that's why he's a lizard Pokemon. Like that's what he would look like. So I love little details like that of trying to stick to like the original um, design philosophy as possible. But at what cost? <laughs> the ones I didn't like that creeped me out were Mr. Mime. He, his texture was very. That scene. It's weird. Uh, uh, and then I don't know what they're called because it's from a different generation, but the Pokemon that were like the, the DJs at the underground club thing, they were very oh, right. creepy. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what you guys are, but I don't, I don't want you here. Um, <laughs> but yes, Bulbasaur, I think looks really good. And I love like the hair on Pikachu. Like, I love, like, that he looks fuzzy and you could, like, scratch his little hairs and stuff. I was into that. Oh, and he rubs his little cheeks to charge up at the end. I know. I think maybe it's, like, a tried-to-have-its-cake-and-eat-it-too scenario where, like, maybe if the set design was different. Like, I feel like it's so, it's such, like, futuristic, but still comparatively, like, digestible and recognizable backdrop of a city that's so steeped in, in realism and shot in realism, like it's shot like an action film. So when you populate that with cartoon characters, I feel like you're, you're pulling a little too far and stretching a little too much. And maybe if it was more of a, uh, not cartoonier backdrop, but a little less, uh, with a little less effort to, to stick to hyper-realism, then it might have been a little stronger and a little more analogous. Speaking of the way it was shot, something that I didn't also know before going to this movie, that the cinematographer shot this movie in 35 millimeter instead of digital video for a very specific reason 
to make it look like Blade Runner. Did any of us look like Blade Runner? Yeah, I got that. I got that. So the the shadowy, smoky uh, office of his father where uh, Tim goes into uh, the old office of his dad or old apartment and it has the same shades and the lighting, the streets are very wet and have those neon glow lights. And there's a couple articles in which um, the cinematographer, John Matheson, who also worked with Ridley Scott on Gladiator was like, did that on purpose, wanted to make a look like Blade Runner. Now, whether that melded well with the CGI characters of the Pokemon, I'm sure that's debatable. For me, I was ready to, by the beginning of the movie, set aside the fact that they didn't like these didn't seem to exist on the same plane but i thought the pokemon themselves each were so unique and so rendered with such care and detail that i i kind of fell into that like tori i loved the fur on pikachu Mm -hmm. and the way it moved uh psyduck's feather like it's, it looked like each Pokemon was very different. Like Mr. Mime, who I loved, did look weird just because he was rendered differently than the others. Now, maybe for movie making, pol- like polished movie, you don't want that. But I thought it was kind of fun. If you're like exploring very unique um, beings, then having them look a little bit different and um, not all, maybe there's some dissonance with the background. I thought that was fine. But I thought that was crazy when I was watching it. I was like, Wait, even his jacket looks like Harrison Ford's uh, kind of like oh, yeah. fur collar and the leather jacket. I was like, mm, this is this is amazing. Um, yeah, so any other thoughts about Detective Pikachu? Uh, any predictions of what movies might come next? Like, are they going to line up a whole bunch of these? Or did it feel like this story was a one and done. I think, I feel like I've heard they're maybe trying to make a sequel to Detective Pikachu, but I'm interested in like what that would be like because at the end, obviously Pikachu and however you explain it, but like Ryan Reynolds is just himself again. And then there's like Pikachu, but like, I don't really know how they plan on doing I don't know. Like, is Pikachu not just going to talk, like, in the in the new one? I don't know. So that right. part's kind of weird. But, like, I am interested to see more Pokemon stories. Like, when I was a kid, I loved seeing the cartoon movies that came out. And that was, like, a big deal going and watching all those. And they always had, like, special edition cards that you would get at the movie theater. And so, like, I'd be down for them to do more stuff like that. At the same time, though, like, I I get really nervous that um, we'll get tired of it. You know, like, we finally have something that was so good. And, like, I don't want to say, like, original because, obviously, it's based on a game that's based on a TV show. But, um, like, with Knives Out, I, I don't want them to make any more because, like, the first one was so good that you're going to lose some magic when you go to the second one. And I, and I feel the same about this will i watch the sequels yes because i love pokemon but you know there's something just like magic about this 
the movie did make uh, $433 million worldwide off of a budget of about 150. So it probably made around $100 million in total. So it was a success, but I don't think I would call it a hit. Uh, a sequel was greenlit a couple months before release, uh, but no news has come out of it since. So I feel like it's kind of up in the air about whether we will get a sequel to this. I, I hope we do, maybe not of like Detective Pikachu, but of another story in Rhyme City or, you know. In this I would world. love to see the legendary birds, like mm-hmm. kind of redone in this style, maybe. It'd be, they'd be cool to look at. Pokemon 2000 again? Yeah. I that's a good one. Pokemon that's a good yeah, that's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they make more, I, I'll be I'll be anxious to check them out. I, I you know, uh, I think for me, you know, my, my complaints are not, not so much based in it being like, you know, uh, anything relating to Pokemon. I think it's just like, you know, uh, technical craft and things like that. But, um, but the strengths of the movie, I think, outweigh its weaknesses generally uh justice smith is fantastic um the the writing in general is a little choppy but it, you know it's it's really digestible especially for newcomers so i think um yeah whatever whatever comes of it next i'll be anxious to see and i'll give it a shot so I just I... oh. Oh, sorry no go ahead i just want to bring up my favorite scene which makes me squeal every time I watch it. And I'm sure I've talked about it before, but it's when Pikachu has like all of like the papers laid out all over the apartment and like Justice Smith like kind of messes them up and he just goes, ah, my clues. (laughs) It like makes me laugh every single time it happens. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, the the movie was surprisingly very funny. Like opening up with that Cubone scene. (laughs) I love that part, that was great. I wish we had more of, like, his, uh, Tim and his friend. Like, I did love that mm-hmm. opening scene mm-hmm. where uh, his friend is like, you need to find a Pokemon partner. So I've tricked you into this expedition to go find <laughs> one. I would have loved to, like, sit with them and, like, as they kind of pal around and try to just find Pokemon in the wild. Um, yeah, I like how that's almost like a blind date scenario where Justice Smith is like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> you took me Pokemon hunting. <laughs> <sighs> Last question I have is whether I should watch the original animated Pokemon movies. So is yeah. Pokemon 2000, I'm assuming, is one of them? I think that's the, the first one. one. The first one, was that just the Pokemon movie? Oh, you might be right, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. So. I but Mewtwo's in it, and that might be a good way to like bridge some some <clears throat> similar characters and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then two thousand was great. The one that came after that is again when I started to check out, and yeah. I didn't like it so much. Yeah, but the yeah, the first two were great. Well, wonderful. Yeah. This starts my adventure with uh, with Pokemon. Go uh, go ahead, Connor. What were you going to say? I, I was just going to say, yeah, the first one is Pokemon the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back, released in 1999. Then Pokemon the movie 2000, released in 2000. Pokemon 3, the movie, uh, released in 2001. I would say those three are good ones to check out. And I know Netflix did a CG remake of the first movie uh, with the voice huh. acting from the new anime cast um, playing mm-hmm. Ash, Misty, and Brock. So some of our friends watched that and said it was different but pretty good all right well i think that 
wraps up our uh, discussion of Detective Pikachu. If you all are in, uh, who are listening or watching are interested in watching it, it is uh, on Hulu. Uh, it's also to rent on Amazon, but if you have Hulu, it's free on there. Um, so we'll just kind of ride right into our final segment of our episode, uh, which was kind of, it's kind of a two-parter. We've been kind of riding the, the quiz train lately. So I had everyone take a BuzzFeed quiz about what Pokemon character you are. And if you haven't taken that quiz yet, that's totally fine because we can, do people need some time to take it? I took it. I took it. I, I need yeah. a minute. Oh, great, great, great. <laughs> Would someone like to share what they got when they took the BuzzFeed Pokemon quiz? Sure. So I got Alakazam. Um, I'll hold it up for the camera if you're watching this on YouTube. He's the one with the yellow guy at the two spoons. Uh, really powerful psychic type. He is one of my favorite Pokemon to have on my team from the original 150. Uh, the description doesn't say much. It just says, you got Alakazam, but you already knew that. But you already knew that you'd get this result, <laughs> didn't you, Alakazam? So there's yeah. that. Uh, not displeased with that one. I got Alakazam also, um, which I was happy about. I was always a big fan of the psychic types and the ghost types. Um, so I was, I was pretty satisfied with that result. He's a really cool one and a really powerful one, as Connor points out. Um, I will show, I'll try to show my results. Oh, Charizard! Oh, good um, I know. I was like, <gasps> um, so it says, Pokemon quiver in absolute terror whenever you burst from your Pokeball in a cloud of fire and brimstone. Think of all the Pokemon who <laughs> wet their pants at your sight. Well, okay, Pokemon don't wear pants, we know. But if they did, you know those briefs wouldn't stand a chance at your mercy. Nasty. Um, when I was really into Pokemon and I was a kid, I wanted to be the, um, like, the fire gym. And you know mm. the, the castle in Shrek, the first one? I wanted that to be the gym. <laughs> you had a really good uh, crossover going there. Mm -hmm. So I got Magic Carp. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the description really makes us feel great. Uh, hidden deep within your clumsy and seemingly useless fish body is a ferocious <laughs> Just waiting to escape and kick some Pokemon butts. So don't worry. We all grow into our own at some point. Your time will come eventually. <laughs> uh, Tori, as you were reading that, you know what popped into my head? What? Um, <laughs> I, I, I almost don't want to share this because it's going to be embarrassing for you. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> but when you tripped over the curb outside of Bishop's Collar. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yep. It just means that someday you'll be a mighty Gyarados, that's all. Yeah. Although there's Magikarp, pretty great as well. <sighs> He's crying <laughs> around a lot, but like, I'm not going to say that's not me, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, that actually made me cry a little. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like for me, Magikarp and Detective Pikachu is the grossest looking Pokemon that they rendered. At least Wait. you didn't get like Muck or something, you know? Yeah. Wait, was Or like Grimer. The one that he he tried to get to extinguish the flip. Oh no! 
Okay, so for people that are just listening to the audio and not watching the video, I also got Magic Carp, which I was very <laughs> surprised because after I had already just fallen in love with this movie, I was like, the universe will reward me with a strong Pokemon. <laughs> no, no. Eventually. Eventually, you're right. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know, like a Metapod, you know? Sooner or later, that thing will be a drill and then it'll be whooping ass. Yeah. Right. Just throwing up water. <laughs> oh, a Butterfree, excuse me. Um, well, now that we know what Pokemon we are, uh, would love to know from the crew what Pokemon you would love to have as your partner. If you could pick one Pokemon to train with, or you train, I don't know, whatever. My answer is the same as my result. It would be Charizard. If I couldn't have Charizard, though, I'd pick Growlithe. It's a fire dog. Hmm. Um, well, I recall playing the game that, um, I mean, obviously it's a, you know, extremely powerful Pokemon, but it's, you know, it's one that if you train really well, is a great one to have in your team. Um, and one of my favorites would be uh, Zapdos. Mm. Um, one of the legendary birds, the electric type. Um in the game, it's uh, it's sort of a real win if you can bag uh, the legendary birds in the original. So um, that would be one that I would love to have uh, have on hand. For me, thinking of this question, this, this is a really hard question. Um, but I wanted to pick a Pokemon that was a little bit of a later generation, uh, coming in at three foot three inches and seventy six pounds. Is the third evolution of Litwick, and I'm holding it up to the phone. Uh, Chandelure. Uh, Chandelure is a ghost and fire type Pokemon. Uh, it evolves from Litwick, which is just a tiny little candle Pokemon, and then Lampent is a lamp Pokemon, and then throws in the Chandelure uh, from Generation 5. Uh, but this has been in Pokemon Tournament. It's been in a bunch of games now. Um, and I don't know, Chandelure is just a really cool Pokemon, and I would love to see it in a Detective Pikachu type of movie. What would it look like just, like, standing next to you? <laughs> just, like, hanging out, lighting stuff up. <laughs> is that a Chandelure? Nope. No. It's on, you like pick it up and it yells at you. <laughs> I would love to see a battle between Lumiere and that Pokemon. It's like the Lumiere totally could have been a Pokemon. Yeah. Slap him. Um, so my favorite Pokemon is <gasps> little lady like right here. Oh, Perion, which is one of the Eevee evolutions, which Eevee evolutions in general are all amazing and beautiful. Um, but I am super into water and fire types, so Vaporeon is definitely my, my main lady. Um, I think just because the movie is the only thing I know, um, I know it seems very um, like impractical to be partnered with him. Psyduck was so cute. <laughs> so I'm probably that lady in the movie theater, Connor, who's <laughs> freaking out about Psyduck. <clears throat> Every time Psyduck would say Psyduck, it was just... Mm. Up, and his evolution. You... Oh, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say his evolution, Golduck, is really good. So mm -hmm. if you're if you stick to long haul, it'll be uh it'll be very powerful someday. What power does Golduck have? Psychic uh, I don't powers. know. Yeah, psychic powers. But he's always like this. I don't know why, but like yeah, yeah I mean, he's, got a real he's webbed, I guess. But you know, <laughs> blue. Yeah. Blue. Yeah, he gets real tall, blue, and uh, yeah, aggressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, um, yeah. It's so wonderful to learn from you guys all about Pokemon. Start my Pokemon adventure. Learn the theme song and the clarinet. Why not? You know, <laughs> sky's the limit. Um, 
do we have anything we want to promote or any kind of final final notes before we close out? Um, I just had my flag piece go up this week for my Cronenberg series at Cinema 76. Um, I think it came out really good, so definitely check it out. Uh, and then I think I have a couple more reviews coming up for some stuff that's all available on streaming soon. So, um, yeah, just check out Cinema 76. We are trying to write, even though we can't go to preview screenings or anything anymore. So, Well, you can catch us on all the uh, social medias. Butter with that on Instagram. Butter with, or Butter with that one on Instagram. No, but with that on Instagram, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, send us some emails. Uh, yeah, let us know what Pokemon you love, and uh, we'll we'll let the world know. Shout it from the rooftop! All right, uh, have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll see you see you next week for Sam's pick for Miss the Boat Month. Bye, everybody. So Bye. Long.